0: hey you guys welcome back to another episode of the yes podcast today i have my friend simi on and i am so excited to share this episode with you simi is a powerhouse of a woman and you're going to hear her testimony and her speak a lot of wisdom about our identity in christ i cannot wait for you to listen let's just get to it Much for joining the Yes Podcast today. I'm so excited. It is is my absolute joy to have you on here. I one because you are a fellow Oklahoman.
1: That's right.
0: We're only a couple hours away from each other, which is amazing. I love that. And second, when I first found you on Instagram, I think I was like just browsing my explore my explore page, and you popped up. And honestly, you were just so intriguing to me because. You're such a bold person. Like you spoke about Jesus in such a bold, brave way. I I can't, like, I don't do that very well. And it was so contagious, but you also were so graceful about it. And I was like, man, how could somebody be so bold, but they're like me smiling, you know, like you were just <laughs> saying such like truth, but with a smile that was so kind and thought, wow, this woman's mm-hmm. like a powerhouse. So Aww. I just... I just am so happy you're here. I know the Holy Spirit has incredible things to speak through you about identity, and I just can't wait to hear what you have to say, Uh, but let's get to it. I just first want our listeners today to know a little bit about you, Um, but actually not just a little bit. I really am curious about your testimony, and if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us and just your background and who you are, I would love to hear.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on here. It is my honor. I feel the same way about you. Um, I love your content on Instagram. I wish we could meet up. Even though, I know. Like, with COVID, it's like <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, it's we so should close. totally do coffee. Yes. We should. We should. Yes. I love it. Um, and so I will start off with my um, where I came from. So I was born in India and in South India's place called Kerala. So I was raised in a religious home because if you know church history, so you know how Jesus is like going to all the world. Yes. Thomas, the disciple, the doubting guy, he comes to Kerala, India, Southern India. That's the state I'm from. No way. Yeah. So at that time he shared the gospel with different people and people in different villages would convert and he would kind of get together with a few families in that village and build a church. And then he would go to the next village. And that's how Christianity spread throughout Kerala, India. And so one of the people he did that with was with my dad's great 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 grandfather okay wait wait yes are you serious absolutely i was
0: not expecting this
1: (laughs) this is like that's incredible yes yes it's so wow so my dad and my dad's family grew up with this super zealous you know like religious traditional A tight knit group of like, you know, for the church, you know, like Mm -hmm. people that were just like, we can't miss church. And we did everything at church and we were super involved, but it was out of a spirit of religion Mm -hmm. and not a relationship. So we didn't have a personal relationship with God. Um, We never really prayed. My dad read the Bible, but I didn't read anything. We went to a church. We did more liturgy. So I was a little kid. I didn't understand what was going on. And so my dad also struggled with uh, addiction to alcohol. And so I didn't know how bad it was until I was about seven um, or eight. And I remember like my dad was, uh, my dad was a chef. He worked in Dallas. I moved to Dallas when I was seven and my dad would come home drunk and my mom was waiting up for him because this was before cell phones. So she was worried. I was the oldest. And so she would be like, Simi, wake up. Your dad's not home yet. Do you think he's okay? Should we call someone? And she would stumble in like at two in the morning. And of course she would start, you know, saying something to him because she was so frustrated and worried. And then he would attack her and then it would turn physical and he would like beat her and I being an eight-year-old had to pull him off my mom to stop him from hurting her and I would you know threaten to go tell the neighbors and do whatever I could as a seven eight-year-old to stop this madness and then I would sit with my mom and she would cry and she would tell me if it wasn't for you and your brother I would go and kill myself I would go end my life and sitting there you know in that moment Feeling just helpless. Like, I have, I don't know what to do for my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do for my dad because this is not my dad. But when he's drunk, he's a scary, mean person. And this is my life, you know, like, like throughout elementary school. And I just thought this is normal. This is everybody's life at home. And my mom would always say, Hey, don't tell anyone that your dad hit me because he can get in trouble. And being in the Indian culture where women are second-class citizens, where they are, you know, it's expected that your husband will beat you. And you don't run back to your house because your husband beat you. That's just part of marriage. And that's what my mom grew up with. So she didn't know any better. And we're in this new country and she does, she's not working. And so we didn't have hope. We didn't have peace. We didn't have joy. And my grandfather, my mom's Father um, invited us, me, my mom, and my brother, to go to like a small group meeting that they were having at their house. And so we went, and I had never seen people pray or worship this way. And I didn't think it was weird. I actually felt the presence of God in that room. And no one shared the gospel with me. No one, I didn't even know what it meant. That's incredible. But I felt peace. I felt hope. I felt joy in that room. And that day I stood up and I said, I want that peace. I need that hope so desperately in my life. And I gave my heart to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And slowly my brother came to the faith and God started working in my dad's heart. And my dad came to find out how me and my brother and my mom were saved, and we were attending these meetings secretly without telling him. And he would be mad. We knew he would be mad um, because he had that he had that religious spirit for his church, and so he, you know, kind of said, "We are not allowed to go there anymore." And so we were trapped. We had no hope. We had nowhere to go. No one to, you know, help us understand the gospel. Even now, like even this point in my life at age, you know, nine or 10, I, I'd never read the Bible. I still don't know what knowing Jesus meant. I just knew there was hope out there. Mm -hmm. There was peace out there because I sensed it in that room and I can have it, but I didn't know how, because I had no one to disciple me, but there was this pastor, my um dad was actually at uh, his restaurant he had a restaurant he was like cleaning up stuff and he saw a little um business card and it said reverend something and thinking it was a priest from our denomination he called that number and he said listen i am desperate i need prayer and the person on the other end and said hey i'm not a priest but i'm a pastor but i would love to pray for you And that was the moment things started working in my dad's heart. The Holy spirit started softening my dad's heart and, uh, the pastor came and shared the gospel with him. I mean, at least for a month, week after week. And some days he was receptive and some days, some days he was not. And we were just praying for his heart because if his life didn't change, our life was not going to change. And we knew that. And we just wanted him to experience the joy that we had. And, um, One day, finally, my dad gave his heart to Jesus and he got saved and he still struggled with, you know, addiction. And he knew that needed to be broken off for him to have true redemption. And so I remember this moment, I was about 13 and my brother and I were standing at the restaurant and um, the pastor asked my mom to bring a glass of water. And he brought a glass of water, set it at the table. And he was like, do you want to stop drinking? And he said, I have to stop drinking. And he said, we're going to pray over this glass of water that God will break that chain of addiction. Oh my goodness. And he prayed over it. And my dad drank that entire glass of water. And I never saw him touch alcohol again. Wow. wow. And I shared that story specifically out of all of my testimony, because that was a moment it all became real to me more than anything else. Cause I was like, this Jesus is real and I need him and I want him more than anything else because I just witnessed a miracle right in front of me. And so that was me, for me, that was like the starting point of my love affair with Jesus and the word and the church. And so I fell, I mean, deep in love with the word of God. I couldn't stop reading, stop listening to sermons. I mean, I was making up for the first 13 years of my life when I didn't have the word of God. Right. And I was running hard after Jesus. So that's, that's my salvation story. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, really? Like
0: it's when I hear stories like yours, like you just shared, the only thing I can think of is like, God is so redeeming, like, Whenever we think of oh, this thing can't be redeemed yeah. or that person, there's no way this relationship will be redeemed. Hearing just
1: like that Testament of yours, wow! Like mm-hmm. there's nothing God cannot redeem. Yeah.
0: And And my dad became
1: an evangelist and he's been to like so many parts of the world, baptized so many people. He's a preacher. He's a prayer warrior. He's the first person I call if I'm going through something because no one prays with faith like my dad. Like so much has been restored. Yeah. And my brother became a pastor. I married a pastor. So (laughs) I always say like, you know, that uh, church plan kind of spirit Mm -hmm. that my dad's great, great, great grandfather had has been restored in us now.
0: Yeah that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Because that is so, I mean seriously, that is so encouraging because it's it's true. I mean, I know, you know, everyone has their their past and maybe maybe in a similar situation where mm-hmm. there's family members where they know the Lord but their family members don't and it can be a really challenging thing for a family. Yeah. But that hope that God is big big enough mm-hmm. to restore and redeem yeah. every single person. Mm-hmm. Like that's the hope we have in yeah. Christ. Yeah. You can't get that anywhere else. Yes. And that is just incredible. Thank thank you mm. for sharing that
1: really. That was a very yeah. that's a very vulnerable thing to share. So I appreciate it. Um, and I just want to say one more thing about that that I felt I feel, you know, for your listeners, for me as that child holding on to hope. Like I said, I didn't know scripture. I didn't even know anything. All I knew was I had put my faith in Jesus. And sometimes we think Man, good things happen to people who can quote scripture and know all of the word. Those are the people who are deserving of God's restoration and miraculous breakthroughs. But I'm telling you, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to read scripture. What I knew was what I felt in that room and that it was possible for me to have that because I put my faith in Jesus. And so if you're listening, I want you to know you don't have to know it all. Right. He is there for you if you put your faith in him and know that there is hope. Hold on to that. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. This is what I love about you.
0: <laughs> this is what I'm talking about this, like bold, gracious. I'm watching you share this and I can just see it. Like, you are so full of the joy of the Lord. Okay. And that is such a testament to what God has done in your life because your childhood wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you know, yeah. like you experience things that no child should experience mm. and the fact that you hold so much joy and that your, your, your testimony is one of hope. Mm. Like that to me is such a testament of who, who the God is we serve. Like yeah. only God can do that. And so I wish people could see you share this <laughs> and maybe they can, there's probably a YouTube video somewhere or something, but it's incredible to see you share that. So oh, thank you. Thank so you. Um, and so that okay, so then when did you move to Oklahoma? To
1: Oklahoma. So I moved to so I was born in Dallas. I mean, born in India and I moved to Dallas when I was seven, and that's where I grew up. So that was home okay. for me. And then I moved here about ten, a little over ten years ago after I got married, because my husband's a pastor. Okay. And I'm a physical therapist. And so it was easy for me to find a job. And so we decided to uh, settle in Oklahoma and it's been home. Um, yes. and I love it. It's, it's a great place. Yeah, you get yeah. all four seasons. It's yes. nice. Yes. <laughs> That's the
0: one thing you get all the allergies as well.
1: Oh my god, gosh. I was with the
0: allergies. You get yes. every allergy, but you get every season. Um, yes. okay. Tell us about this book that you wrote called. I am not, I would love for you to share about your book.
1: Yes. Okay. So I wrote a book. uh, It's a devotional last year, February, 2020 is when I released it on Amazon. And so the book is really based on identity. Identity is a topic that I'm so passionate about talking about. um, And I've always been because being Indian and being American, I really struggled with my cultural identity. I I struggled with who am I, you know, trying to fit into everything. I'm truly Indian because I love Indian food, Indian clothes. I speak uh, our language, which is Malayalam fluently. Um, I love everything about India, but I am completely American at the same time. And so growing up, I remember, you know, coming to Crossroads where I'm just like, I don't know who I am. Like, what would, what should I choose? Should I choose what Indian Simi would want or, you know, choose or what American Americans want. <clears throat> right. And I remember my dad sat me down when I was in high school and he said, you're a citizen of heaven. That's who you are. You're mm-hmm. a child of God. And so you choose what the Bible says that you need to, you don't need to live up to cultural standards because that's always going to change. You don't live for the culture, you live for Christ. And that really gave me a lot of freedom. And so that's kind of what, where the book is based out of, a passion that I have um, because I see so many people struggle in their identity. I struggled with it because of my culture. But as a pastor's wife, I see so many women coming to church and singing songs about their identity, right? Mm-hmm. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a child of God. I am who you say I am. By Tuesday, though, they're struggling, right? right exactly. Because there's so many lies, so many narratives that culture says that women are, they have labeled us, and we unintentionally live into those narratives. And so the book is about breaking those stereotypes. So I identify eight of the common stereotypes that culture, regardless of what culture you're in culture places these labels on women. And I identify eight women in the Bible who struggled specifically with those stereotypes. Um, And I did that on purpose. I picked women who are mentioned by name because oftentimes when we struggle and when we fail, we think, oh, well, we, God can't use me. God doesn't know me because I messed up, right? No, 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 no. God knows your name because these women messed up and God mentions them by name in the Bible. Oh, that's and good. so, yeah. And so it's incredibly, you know, freeing um, for us to know that. It's not we're not alone in this. Right. So Mm -hmm. I write about the eight stereotypes that I struggle with and probably most of us struggle with. Um, And it Mm -hmm. kept me not just from knowing who I am, but really embracing relationships with other women, because Mm -hmm. some of these stereotypes, like I, I write about how the culture paints women to be gossips. Right? right? Women are gossips. Women are always in comparison with each other. Women are emotional, all this stuff. And you're kind of like, why would I want to have a friend like that? <laughs> yes. But that's me. Like, if you look at TV shows, that's how women are painted, yeah, right? Like, I don't true. know if you watch Real Housewives, but oh, yes. that's kind of my thing. Like, I yeah. like, I, I would yes. say Real Housewives is probably where this, inspired, <laughs> this book is inspired by, because I'm like, <laughs> man, we're messed up. And it's like, we don't have to be, you know, <laughs> God tells us who we are in scripture mm-hmm. and the book is about breaking free of those labels and I talk about how we can walk in and become the woman God designed us to be
0: that's incredible yeah I love um I had the image of you watching that's for housewives instead of like you know how on Instagram you get online you see people with like their flat lay of their bible <laughs> yeah <and they laughs> like have like and there's this whole like, yeah. like this whole Me. inspiring thing i just wish it's like you in front of netflix watching this for housewives and god's yes. just downloading fire it's like Man, yes. Yes. <laughs> this is it um but i love that i love that you wrote a book about identity because i feel like even i'm 30 years old mm-hmm. i feel like i should have it together mm-hmm. you know like i feel like This should not be an issue (laughs) anymore. Like I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be doubting who I am in the Lord. I shouldn't be giving into the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the sinful part of me. That's like comparing. And that's, um, you know, especially in this age of social media, Mm -hmm. we get on Instagram, which is my choice of social media these days. And I mean, you're constantly battling, like, do I measure up? Mm -hmm. Am I doing enough? Am I, do I have it placed at the table? Am I right. welcome there? Mm-hmm. Do people want me there? Am I worthy enough to be there? You know, all this stuff. And with, with every post. With every post. Every post. And if I mean, I I have, this is so stupid. I have posted things before and taken it down mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, not enough people liked it. Right. What? I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I would tell other people not to be that person, but I've right. been that person. And that is because those are, those are times of where my, that's an identity thing. That's a, that's shaking that identity. Yeah. And I just think that's such an important message for specifically women today, because mm-hmm. we're just like, we're always bombarded with that. But I think that we might not ask ourselves those direct questions of, do I feel like I have a place at the table? Mm-hmm. We might not say that, but yeah. we are feeling that mm-hmm. daily. So something like identity, which honestly, I think the last time I was really even spoken to about identity was like sixth grade. Mm. I think people thought like, oh, if she gets it, it, she gets it. (laughs) Like my youth group was like, you're loved by God. Mm -hmm. Now you got it. Now go live your life. And I'm like, this is like something we need to revisit Mm -hmm. and and I think a different season of seasons of life, because yeah. like I said I'm 30, I'm a mom, I'm married. Mm-hmm. And it's like I should not be like worried about these things, but I am sometimes. So I think that it's so cool. It's such a needed like resource for women today. Um, would you agree that this is how it is, like especially just with like social media world and yes. things like that? What would you say are some of the like the lies we face mm-hmm. currently that women might be struggling with when it comes to their identity.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but we're this is January. Everyone's yeah. setting goals, New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. And we're all busy trying to do more, gain more, or mm-hmm. lose more weight, <laughs> you know? <Yep. laughs> we're, all, we're all trying to get our exterior right, right? Yeah. And I think there's so much striving and chasing for this thing that we're trying to achieve. Um, and I feel like th- the biggest lie there is that we have to strive to achieve approval. And we have to gain you know, uh, acknowledgement of other people to feel valued. And I think uh, and the stereotype that I talk about in the book is that women are overwhelmed and hot messes. You know, like if you look anywhere about moms, there's always this picture of a hot mess, right? We're always overwhelmed, right. we're forgetful, whatever. And I think that image is really destructive to the kingdom of God, because I talked to so many young people, that are like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids because I don't want that. I don't want my life to look like that. Why would I want to be a hot mess? I want to have, I want to travel. I want to have Mm -hmm. fun. I want to look good. And so we're discouraging Mm -hmm. an entire generation from living into the purpose God made us for, right? And I think it's important for us to recognize also that that's not God's picture of women. That's not God's picture of Uh, a mother when he designed us, you know, to live it out. And so I think it's very important that we recognize that lie, that it is the world that wants us to be hot messes and achieve and strive and try to earn and not just live into our identity that we're okay. We're good because God has already approved of us without us doing anything. He did all the work and he's just like, you're mine, you're good. And we're like, but because it's hard for us to understand grace, because we're like, but how can that be? Because I'm messed up. I'm yeah. bad. And it that's because, and I always feel like I, I struggle with this. I struggle with this probably more than any of the other lies I mentioned in the um, book, because I, I, and I always thought it was because I'm, I'm an immigrant. And so I felt like I have to achieve and in the Indian culture, you know, you have to make the best grades and you have to get the best jobs and mm-hmm. what you do on the outside ma- matters so much in society and in our culture that you just have to be on top all the time. So I got really good at pretending and performing because I had to, mm-hmm. and I write in the book how when I'm at home, I got holes in my PJs. I got my hair up in a bun. I don't have makeup on. And I do that because I know my family loves me. When I'm with my dad and mom, I burp, you know, I sit back. I do, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be on my best behavior because they love me. They're my parents. I'm not trying to win their favor or their approval. It is already mine. Mm -hmm. I am theirs and they are mine. And that's exactly what God wants us to be. Be yourself, be you. He created you. He knows every thought that runs through our mind. Why do we hide? Why do we pretend with God? And if we feel like we need to do all these things and put this on and have this on as we come before God, it's because we don't understand the relationship because we're not spending time being, we're spending time doing. And I talk about that with Martha. I am totally Martha. I am constantly like, God, I need to do this. I need to do that and post this. I need to preach there. I need to study this. And Jesus is like, Simi, Simi, you are choosing to be burdened. You are choosing the hot mess life. You are choosing burn out. And I'm choosing for you to abide, not yeah. strive. And when we can just abide in his presence, then it's not striving anymore. It's serving. Yeah. Because now it's from an overflow of what he's filling me with that goes into the people around me. Yeah, and I'm I have joy when I do the things that God called me to do and gifted me to do.
0: Yeah, and that's the difference is whenever there's joy in it, it's mm-hmm. because it's coming from the from the place of abiding. Yeah. I think whenever we have, when it feels this, when it feels so like stressful and there's the sense of, am I doing enough? And like you were mm-hmm. saying, like it's a burden, it shouldn't feel like a burden, right? right? to be, serving the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that I felt that in my, in my life so many times, it's like a, it's like how I keep myself accountable in a way. Like I know when there's times where I'm like, Oh, I feel like I should post something again. It's so funny to me that Instagram is so important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It I don't is know, funny. I don't know why it is, but We all, a lot of people struggle with making it, it, we put it at this priority of like, we got to show up, we got to post, we got to do these things. Um, but I know that when I have not spent time with God, like when I am not in, not just like one day, but like Mm -hmm. a constant, like submission of abiding and finding joy there, all the other stuff that I'm doing for him just feels like I'm just giving out of nothing. It's like, can I just muster up an encouraging word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can I just somehow like be graceful towards my husband or I'm pulling from an empty well mm-hmm. and it's just, it does not work. Yeah. And I can tell because I'm exhausted yes. I'm exhausted with the things he's wanting me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. And it's not, it's like, I'm just in this do anything like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And I also think this kind of ties into this. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but this, culture that we are in of everything that we do with the lord like all the time we spend with him has to be public instagrammed yeah like it has to be public Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's the way that god bears fruit in our life right i think Mm -hmm. that we see fruit in our life whenever we have this kind of storehouse of Mm -hmm. time spent with him not when we're like Okay, check off this box. Now I can go do ministry. Yeah. Now I can go bless somebody with what I just read. It's like, no, if we can, if we can focus back on some things have to be done in private and stay mm-hmm.
1: private. Yeah. Lexi, you are speaking to my soul because <laughs> I struggled with this so much yeah. um, last year in 2020, where mm. God was just like. I am not giving you this. I'm not speaking to you right now so you can go post because literally yes. every time I like I would feel the Holy Spirit speak I'm like oh, that would make a good post. How can I make yes. it a sticky statement? I know. I <laughs> got oh. like stop using me. You want to yeah. be used by me, but you are using me and yeah. I want you to just listen to me because right. you're my child. Yes. And it's about relationship, but you're taking it out and you're just like how can I manipulate God and what He's saying to get more likes or get more followers, and that is not okay. And I literally had to be like, okay, I'm not going to post it, and I'll I'll write it down. And if God lays it on my heart, I'll post it later. (laughs) Yeah, but I had to. I mean, that was an intentional. It's so sad, but it was Mm -hmm. like an intentional. Like I got to step back and pause because I don't want to do that. God is holy. The things right. of God are holy right. and I'm not going to manipulate and use the things of God for my own gain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I'm sure there's people listening who, and we're kind of in the same boat where we feel, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there is, we probably both feel the sense that we're supposed to glorify the Lord through the mm-hmm. gift of communication, whether that's writing or speaking or something like that. And in today's culture, that automatically involves things like social media because that's how we communicate with people these days and that's such a sticky place to be it's like okay we want to use it but we want to use it the right way and i know there's other people listening who feel the same way so i just think that it's really important that that we as women who are serving the lord in a space that's public Mm-hmm. Or whatever that looks like, um, in the sense of communication, like with, with things like this, that we are more concerned about that time alone with God, because yeah. it's like the biggest fear of mine to get to the end of my life and be like, wow, everything was on display
1: mm-hmm.
0: in not the good way. Yeah. Like everything was be just being used for my benefit
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I don't know. I just think that's such something we're facing as a generation. And I remember Christine Kane was, um, I love Christine Kane. Mm -hmm. That woman is incredible. Yes. She was, (laughs) she was preaching somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. some big auditorium. And she just said we have to get back to making the things that are done in private, the most important thing, Mm -hmm. like and being desperate for that Mm -hmm. and like not going into it thinking I got to get something out of this so I can share it with the world or post it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, because real transformation, that's where it happens. Mm-hmm. And I think that God, sometimes it's like, it's only going to happen if you stop and you spend time with me right. and that intimacy builds with the Lord. And I think that's just so mm-hmm. like, we desperately mm-hmm. need to abide in the Lord, yeah. no matter what we're doing, no matter who we are, no matter what season we're in, like without that, like yeah. we have... We have nothing like our, we have no root system. Nothing is going to stand. And if we love Jesus and we want to serve God, like that Mm -hmm. is the first step. Abide, abide, abide. And when we're doing that out of just pure love for God, like if I go into my time with the Lord and I'm like, okay, this is not for social media. This is not Mm -hmm. for anything. This is just for me and God. And for me to know him better i love it so much it is like the most fruitful time and i leave that time with him and i'm like gosh it just feels like a real relationship right i I wouldn't He's like god is speaking to me i'm like oh my gosh and it's just it's so personal Mm -hmm. and i mean i wouldn't take my husband on a date and the whole time be documenting it and never speak to him yeah say he says something i'm like let me just tell everybody you know and it's i think that um yeah, that, that sense of abiding and mm-hmm. being with the Lord is so important and it's where we bear fruit in our lives. And I'm yes. so happy that you
1: said that. But um back to Martha. Yeah. I mean it's exactly what you said. That's what you see in Martha, honestly, because um Martha is the one who invited Jesus into her home. Yeah. Right. None of us start a ministry out of this, oh, I want to be famous. Right. right. Most right. of us started it because we're like, man, God is so good. I got to tell everybody about Jesus. I want to glorify him. I want to make Jesus famous. No one is doing it out of the, out of a bad, you know, uh, heart or a bad attitude or anything, but the enemy knows how to twist our desires. So even our good desires can be twisted and, you know, can be used for bad when we don't Understand the lies, and we don't recognize the lies that the right. enemy brings. And so that's what happens to Martha. She's the one who invites Jesus into her home, not Mary, not Lazarus, it's Martha. But she is the one that is not listening to Jesus. She's the one who misses Jesus. So she's in the room, she hears Jesus talking. She probably, it's probably not a huge house, right? It's back in the day. And so She's standing there walking around, thinking, doing all this stuff, planning everything else out for Jesus to have a good time, <laughs> for everyone in the room to have a good time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yet she misses Jesus. Yeah. And I think as women, as moms, a lot of times we do that. We're the ones inviting Jesus into our house, but we miss him, right? We're the ones that are like, hey, kids, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the values. Let's, let's What did you learn in school? Yet we're not a sitting down and abiding, right? Mm -hmm. We're the ones posting on Instagram about Jesus, but we're not sitting and abiding. So we are like Martha in that we love Jesus. We invite him, but we miss out on the presence of Jesus because we can't sit still, right? We're constantly doing stuff. So I I feel like it is out of a good uh, thing, but if we don't check, Ourselves, if we don't have accountability, it can turn to a bad thing. And we see a lot of leaders fall uh, Mm -hmm. in ministry, right? In churches and stuff because of this, because there is no accountability. They're good people. God uses them to touch so many lives. And then we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. They were doing that and now they failed and they fall and they're having moral affairs. And you think, what went wrong? And it's like this gradual drifting away from the things of God and allowing pride Mm -hmm. to come in. And pride is not thinking I'm great, pride is just you thinking about yourself, right? Right. And so we're just worried about what people think about us, how we're going to look, how many followers we have. And constantly that becomes our attention and that is what's calling our affection. And now, It's about us. It's not about kingdom work anymore. It's about building my kingdom. And I love, my husband said this at our church and it just rang, It just made so much more sense to me with, even with everything going on with politics and stuff, he said, me, we all want the same thing. We all want the kingdom of heaven. And I was like, what, what does that mean? Like, how do people that are not Christian want the kingdom of heaven? And he said, we all want the kingdom of heaven. What's the kingdom of heaven It's joy, peace, hope, unity, love. That is the kingdom of heaven, right? We all want the same thing, except we don't want the king. We want to be king. We want to dictate how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and what it's going to look like. We want to be king, but you cannot have the kingdom of heaven without the king. Yeah,
0: that's, that's so Jesus. true. That is. Yeah. Wow. That was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yes, I need to hear that. That was
1: him. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> <laughs> Again, okay, I, wish
0: my- people, I wish people could see the hand motions <laughs> as I say these things. Um, no, but that's so true. Mm-hmm. And he's right. I've never seen it. I never thought of it that way, but mm-hmm. we all want that. And I think as Christians, it's our responsibility. Like we have such a responsibility to point to the King, the real one, yes. one the King of Kings. Mm-hmm. Because if we're pointing to people, to or ourselves, ourselves, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. come hang out with me, I'll make mm-hmm. you feel better. I have a little truth bomb for you. Yeah. I've got some encouragement. Like it's not gonna last. Yeah, we're gonna let them not. down because we're, we're just humans. Because we're people. Yeah, And same with, you know, even this past year, there have been so many, um, pastors that have just messed up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was devastating. Right. Yeah. And churches are hurting and people are questioning their community and what they knew about God. And, um, I hate that it causes people to question God because mm-hmm. they are not God yeah. <laughs> and they are not properly representing who Christ is. And, but the only way we're going to know that is it goes back. Are we abiding? Are we staying Mm -hmm. with the Lord? Are we running around like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to like do all these things and make sense of it all and Mm -hmm. try to be everything for everybody or whatever. Or we say, no, like I have got to get on my knees and surrender to the Lord because Mm -hmm. that's the only place that things make sense. Amen. The only place that there are answers. Mm -hmm. It's the only, it's the, he's the only one who can solve the problems we're facing, whether it's in our personal life or even as a country right now, I mean, there's so much stuff. I'm like, man, we're looking to people to fix our problems. Yeah, No one's going to heal this nation except for the Lord. That's right. No one's going to heal the things going on in our hearts, except for the Lord. It might be momentarily, maybe there's some relief, but it Mm -hmm. is not the long-term fruit of the Lord unless it's the Lord. Yeah. And, um, I just love that word. So thank you for sharing that because I think it's just such a timely thing too. Like Mm -hmm. there's so our identity in Christ right now is so important because it doesn't just mean for us either. It's like how we who if we know that we carry hope and joy, and we carry this peace, like Mm -hmm. that God brings to to us when we feel like what are we supposed to do you know this is crazy and he's like just come sit at my feet yeah and if we can model that and truly do that Mm -hmm. and not just on social media but with our family and with our friends and invite people into that circle like that is the kind of kingdom change that's what's going to change things yes um and so I hope we can do that collectively as a church and as a body of Christ. I think like, if we can just get on our knees mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can surrender to the Lord and we can abide with him, I yeah. truly believe we're going to see not just change our own lives, but change in our communities and our yeah. families. Okay. So I last question for you in regards to the lies we face and identity. Okay. How do you, how would you, what advice would you give to someone who is hearing this and thinking, Okay. I relate, I see myself in this, I am trying to put my identity back in the Lord um,
1: and actively live that out. Where would you say to start? Hmm. I would say absolutely attend church. I know it's hard because of COVID. If you're not scared and if you're not, um, if you feel comfortable, if it's a church that's, you know, social distancing, doing all the right stuff, um, I would absolutely say be live there in person. Um, if you cannot, if your, you know, church is in lockdown, then watch online consistently. That is so important. One of the things that my husband said, and he, he's a pastor. And he said this morning, he was just like, you know, with all the uh, conspiracy theories and all the stuff that's going on, he was like, isn't it crazy that all of that got heightened as people stopped going to church? Mm there is a correlation when you are not under the umbrella of truth when you are not hearing the truth that you are going to believe half truths and lies and you're going to let them into your life and in your heart and into your mind and it's going to do damage in your soul and so it's so important to get under good leadership at where they speak the truth of the scripture and then you have to get with community because there's going to be times there are times in my life where I am battling the lie I'm, having a bad morning and yell at my kids on the way to work. I just feel so much guilt and shame. And I have to text my girlfriends and say, I have, a, I have like three or four friends in a group text that pray for me and I pray for them. And so I'll text them and say, Hey, I'm having a bad day. I need you guys to pray for me, you know, mm-hmm. because you cannot live this life alone. One of the purposes God made us for is a relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. That's Amen. why God says, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. We cannot do this alone. So we go, To church, and then we have community, and then we have the word of God for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the amazing things that I had said earlier in my testimony, I fell in love with the word of God. And I'm not joking. I mean, I read the Bible. I had this huge binder that I carried with me like a dork (laughs) to every prayer meeting, every conference, everything. I mean, anything that was happening in the city, I was there. I was first show. I had a pen. I had a huge binder. I was taking notes. I would come home and turn the TV on Christian television, take more notes. I just couldn't get enough. And guess what happened? I began to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. I would be reading and the Holy Spirit would tell me and give me understanding and knowledge and wisdom to understand. And I realized, man, I don't need to wait for somebody else to explain to me what the word of God means. God longs to speak to me. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. That means he lives inside of you to tell you, Hey, this is the truth. And so when I have the word inside of me, like Psalm, the Psalmist David says, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we have to store his word, hide the word of God inside of our hearts. You read it, you memorize it, you study, it, you look at it. It's inside of you. When I'm facing that lie, immediately a light goes off and says, that's not truth because I know what the Bible says. Right. And unless you know the word, unless you're digesting it, unless you're marinating and it's inside of you, the Holy Spirit can't bring it up because there's nothing inside of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's not that you go to, it's not enough that you go to church. It's not enough that you go to community group and you have good friends. You got to get the word inside of you and be. A disciple of Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Yes, to <laughs> do some work and be a disciple. Oh, it's that's not so good. Not right? Yeah. You have to be able to do that. That is the only way. Jesus had to do that. The enemy came to attack Jesus. Hey, if you're really the son of God, right? Isn't that what we face? If you are really an influencer, if you're really a child of God, if you're really a good mom, if you're really a good wife then you would look like this. That's exactly what the enemy does to us. And what did Jesus do? He said, hey, listen, it is written. And that's what we have to do. We have to be able to quote scripture. And if we don't know it, we're not going to be able to speak it. So get the word inside of you. And there's a lot of ways to do that. We live in the age of technology where you can have it on your iPhone. You can have it in front of your, you know what I'm saying? It's everywhere. There is no excuse for us in America right now to not get the word inside of us. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yes, amen to all of that. I was like
0: praise handsing. You were, I saw that. I loved was. it. <laughs> that's such a word that is so good. And you know, even today I was um going through a study with uh Jen Wilkin and she was so talking good. about she's so good. And she talks a lot about this, just like getting back to the Bible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But she was saying, as women, we're so good at loving God with our emotions mm-hmm. and with our hearts, but he says to love him also with our minds. And he also says that if we want transformation, it's from the renewing of our mind. yeah. Yeah. So Jen mentions, you know, God is calling us to love him with our mind as disciples, as learners, Mm -hmm. we are called to do the hard work of learning how to study our Bible Yeah, and not just saying like, well, God, I feel you. And this is great, but but actually getting our, in a our word and teaching ourselves, how do we study? How do we know who God is this way? And maybe it doesn't mean that we're going to have an application every day and it's going mm-hmm. to be super fulfilling, but the long-term like fruit of that is so amazing. Yeah. And so I love that you said that because it's so true. Like if we, we can't just go to church, we can't just be in community. We have mm-hmm. to have the word of God mm-hmm. every day yes. in our life. And then we take that. Mm-hmm to community, to church. And it's just like magnified, you know, you have people that you can process with. So, yeah. um, I'm glad we're on the same page that this is like a, something that I have just been really feeling like God is stirring up in people, like get back to his word. So many people yeah. talk about God. Mm-hmm. So many people write books about God. So many people, <clears throat> I've written a devotional, so I'm not saying that that's bad, mm-hmm. but, but if we are only getting mm-hmm. God, through people's words and through social media and through devotionals we're missing out on just the yeah. fruit of really getting the word of god mm-hmm. so i love that that is one of the things that we can we can do that we can all do that every day yes. praise the lord we have yeah. bibles everywhere, everywhere especially in oklahoma yeah <laughs> we are like bible belt you can even listen to it if you don't you want to listen, read it.
1: you can listen to it you can it. listen to it in
0: a british accent yeah and you not fancy accent. like that <laughs> your face like that you can't um okay well we're gonna wrap it up but I have one more question for you what is God inviting you to say yes to in this season of life
1: mm, so the end of 2020 I was really praying and seeking God for clarity on you know my presence in social media what am I doing there am I just like you know because it was like overwhelming and I was just like man I'm too like involved in this Instagram is too important and it shouldn't Mm. be and I I'm one of those people like I want to use every gift I have um like I want to be squeezed dry when I stand before Mm. Jesus I don't want to be like oh yeah I just I I don't know I don't want to step out I try everything I've done it all and so that's the reason I'm on social media doing that because I want to share my story. I want to, like you said, I want to do it with truth and grace because there's not a lot of people who speak truth with grace and that's what Jesus did. And that's what we need now, I believe more than ever. And so I want to use my voice to do that. And so I was praying for clarity and, you know, you're the first person that I'm sharing with that would Mm -hmm. actually be listening to, uh, you know, uh, sharing it with other people. Um, But he really laid a burden in my heart for Indian women. And it's not something that I had, which is weird. I know, because I'm Indian, you would think naturally. But, you know, I just recently felt this burden for community. And I've joined so many community groups, and I was usually the only person that was Indian American Christian. And so I was like, man, I know so many Indian women who are Christian. But God said, no, no, I want you to take it further. There's so many women in India that have heard the name of Jesus and may have had some curiosity, but they don't have access to a church. They will get in trouble if they ask about Jesus. But guess what? They have a phone. They have the app on their phone and they can see you, someone that looks like them, be Jesus. That's going to be a game changer. Yeah. And that's the burden that God placed in my heart that's what I'm saying yes to in this season of my life, to open myself up into, and step into my true authentic identity as an Indian American Christian. Mm. So other Indian American women can see Jesus in someone that looks like them.
0: That's incredible.
1: That's an amazing yes. That's a big yes. It
0: is. (laughs) You know, I mean, really that's, but with the grace of God and if he's, I just think if God's saying yes to it and he's asking you to say yes to it, it's going to be successful. Like people will know Jesus because of you saying yes to that. I believe Um, that. Thank you for that, for that. Yes. Because that (laughs) that's incredible. That's amazing. Um, I have so enjoyed hearing you talk tonight. Like I said, I kicked my Husband and my children out of the house. <laughs> so I have this this talk, and um, there's so many things that you said in this conversation that I wrote down on my little notepad here um, that were just so encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. So I know that you came on here to share with listeners, but you really, really left me with some like nuggets oh. of gold. Um, so thank you, thank you again so much for sharing and for being vulnerable and sharing your testimony. Like what a testament of God's redemption and his love. Like, it's just incredible to hear. Um, How about you tell everybody where they can find you,
1: where you hang out, let the people know. So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram, like Lexi. And so you can find me at Simi John and you can get my devotional on Amazon. It's called, I am not uh, break free from stereotypes and become the woman God designed you to be. Perfect. And I'll put
0: that in the podcast notes and send up a little link over to your Instagram. But awesome. so we, thank you.
1: Thank, thank you for you. being
0: here. <laughs> I'm so glad I made an Oklahoma friend. And <laughs> yes. hopefully we can grab coffee and purchase some time. I would love that. that. Love it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Hey friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, would you take a quick second and screenshot this episode and share it on your social media account? It would mean so much to me and help me get this little podcast baby out to the world. Make sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at Lexi Norell, that's one R, double L, and at Lexi Norell on Facebook. Excited to see you over here again for the next episode. And in the meantime, come hang out with me on the gram.